September 3rd, 1967, the Black and Amber Tide Turns, a four-part documentary series on KCLR, presented by Kilkenny Hurler, Michael Fenley. He wouldn't have been showy in any way, but um, by all accounts on the pitch, he would have been a tough enough person to encounter, but I'm sure most of the team in 1967 were. That team itself was a great team that had great players all over the field. Hi, I'm Michael Fenley. The second programme is about a team. As a member of the current Kilkenny Senior Panel, I know how important every member of the team is, from the subs, to the stars, the management and the county secretary. That was no different in 67. So here with Ned Quinn in the Oris on Carul building, that's been newly refurbished over the last uh, maybe 12 months. Uh, got lovely pictures there of, of the Kenny teams, Kenny players over the last number of years, all blown up. So really it's a, a credit to the current county board and what they've done and the, build, the building itself and obviously the, the new stadiums and obviously the pitch, the work that, that have been on, going on with the pitch too as well. So a lot of good work going on in Kenny in Nolan Park and it's still going on and, and ongoing. So here at Ned, uh, Ned 1967, again, you were a young fella at the time and you, you, you have a good memory um, of hurling. So talk me through where you want to start. Everybody knows we hadn't beaten Tipperary for 45 years in an All-Ireland final, even though we'd only played them four times. We shipped a heavy beating in Killarney in 1937, the only All-Ireland final to be played in Killarney, and it was played there because the new Cusick stand was being built in Croke Park. Okay. And, um, and then in 1964, which was more meaningful to 1967, we shipped a heavy beating as well. So um, people really believed Kilkenny would never beat Tipperary in an All-Ireland final. Also, we had been beaten in the 1966 All-Ireland final by Cork, a game we were hugely fancy to win. So in 67, one of the anecdotes that I, that I have from it is I, I remember reading in John Dial's book, or book written about John Dial, he describes sitting in a dressing room in Crow Park prior to the 1967 final. And he said he was extremely nervous. Uh, he was going to make history as by winning the ninth All-Ireland, becoming the first player to win nine All-Ireland medals. And he, along with Christy Ring of Cork, were, were the only two players at that time who had eight All-Ireland medals. And he said he looked around the room, and the dressing room, and he looked at the fellas that he had played with for almost 10 years. Nearly all of them were in their 30s. And then he said he was thinking of the Kilkenny team down the corridor, team of young fellas. And he said, it's in the book, and he says, uh, no better team to beat in an All-Ireland final, no worse team to lose to. <laughs> so that gives you an idea yeah. of, of the rivalry that was there, even though we weren't after beating them. Exactly, for 45, for, for 45 uh, years. years. Mm -hmm. so, uh, they still had that. We had beaten them in three minor All-Irelands in a row in the early 60s, 60, 61 and 62. And many of the players that had played across those teams were now playing at the senior level. On the senior level. For Kilkenny so, and Tipperary. For, well, for Kilkenny more so than Tipperary. Tom Welch would have played minor. Tom Welch would have played, yeah. Pat Henderson would have played. A lot of the players would have, well, a number of the players would have. Tom, yourself, the, the blonde bombshell. Did you make mm. that name up yourself or no. where did that come out of? No, no, no. We had a, a radio presenter called Mihal O'Hare <laughs> and uh, he created that image for me, like, you know, and I've never uh, played it down. I was, <laughs> I, someone said to me, like, you're losing your hair at 21, Tom, like, you know what I mean? So <laughs> thankfully, I still have a little bit. <laughs> but basically, um, no, my career um, would have started uh, really, my enthusiasm for the game first of all if I could start but I, I grew up in Thomastown which had a, an unbelievable record in underage hurling under 14s for example they won seven in a row 
uh, from 1950 to 1957. I played on five under 14 teams. And then I, graduated, I had a winning element to my, 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 my playing of hurling. And I graduated onto the uh, two minor teams of 61 and 62. We won those B-tip and uh, it was three in a row actually. In 1960 we also B-tip in it. And so that three, that three in finals in a row, actually three. And, and that was the first time Kilkenny had won since 1950, okay, the minor final. A long gap. So it was ten right years in there. And then we won those three. And the people that kind of graduated from those three teams would have been Paddy Henderson, for example, which is an outstanding senior, uh, subsequently to the to the winning of the 61 All-Ireland final. And... Uh, also, Noel Skeen came off of that. Now, he served a, a long apprenticeship as a, as a deputy for Ali Walsh, who was my favourite uh, hurler, goalkeeper, and uh, beautiful character of a man, right? So consequently, I was uh, played in 62, and I was straight onto the scene with Eddie here, thankfully, uh, in 1963. First of all, Eddie, your silverware, your cabinet silverware. Talk to me about your all earnings, your all stars. Uh, go through a bit, bit definitely for a minute. Yeah, in a spot here now, six all Ireland's, um, I think about 10 Leinsters, uh, five all stars, and four Ku Cullen Awards, which were the they preceded the, the all stars. Um, I think three national leagues. Um, Aractus, yeah, Aractus. Uh, uh, Patrick Stay, Leinster. Oh, oh yeah, the Railway Cup. Railway I Cups think got about nine or ten of those. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Forty thousand people. Yeah. You're on the team of the century and team of yeah. the millennium. That's right. Yeah, quite significant yeah. as well. Texaco yeah. Player of the Year too. That's right. Harder of the Year. Seventy. Yeah, yeah. seventy-two. <laughs> we can keep going here for another while. I know. No. Well, um, <laughs> you put me on a the spot there. It's hard to remember those, but it's nice to remember them then. At this, day, you didn't. Like, as you know yourself, Michael, when you're hurling, you just want to play the next game and try and win. You know, the the the, the awards you get uh, are sort of something that you can look back on later on. But it's when the match is over, you're looking forward to the next one. I suppose, talking about the tip thing, I think it reached the real pinnacle in the 68 league final. Oh, yeah. It was bloody, it was Thanks. murder. <laughs> oh, God. Um... Obviously, they were looking for a bit of. They, they were looking, and, and uh, yeah, and it was the first half really. But the referee brought the two teams at half time together and laid down the law. It was, it was okay after that. That was the year Ali was yeah, suspended, wrongly yeah. suspended. Yeah, about six months. Sure, yeah. we were to play. We were to play Rory and Stieg for '69. We were oh. to play Thomastown in the quarterfinals. Was it? And we agreed to defer it until Ollie's suspension was up. Okay. But 68, if you can get a film, I don't think it's in existence. Uh, of the first half, it was absolute murder, I think, again, into it. Even the doctor was out fighting. He was. <laughs> I was playing on, um, what was your man's name? I can't think of it at the moment. But the, the first ball I went, no, it wasn't. The first ball I went out to, like, your man, I had, you know, I had the hurl out, and your man pulled across my ribs here. I was winded, like I went down, and Doc Cuddy came yeah. in and uh, got my wind back. And about five minutes after, the very same thing happened. I went out to the ball, and your man pulled again. I went down, and 
Doc came out to me again, and um, <laughs> he uh, he said something to your man, and your man put out his tongue at him, and Doc stood up and floored him <laughs> with a box. <laughs> <laughs> he was careful of that. And, and the next thing he was escorted off with the security, the doctor, <laughs> out under the stand. And he, he, he told me that the security fella said to him, if you put on a cap on you, we'll let you in around the back after. <laughs> and, and, and he went down the back of the stand and in down at the back end again. line. Yeah. And that was just, he was nearly into it again yeah. because that was just the time and the melee and the, 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 the goal yeah. that Ali got suspended over. Yeah. So, um, but that was that was the toughest match yeah. I'd say I played in. You know, mm. yeah. I, I think there could be a picture in Nolan Park of Pad. Oh yeah, I, I think it was '68 maybe. Were you in the '66? Oh, yeah. Were you in the yeah, Pad's there <laughs> like this? There's no sign of a ball anywhere. No. Take Harley's. <laughs> yeah, giving someone else. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah. great picture. Yeah, it's yeah. a great picture. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, yeah, like mm-hmm. the Pad was. Yeah, you need yeah. a full back there oh, at that time like I mean yeah. but and the talking to the tip lads since like they were mm-hmm. they were actually afraid of their life and uh, rightly so right. but there was a lovely camaraderie though was, Michael yeah. you'd, you'd miss this um, Pa the Donna this is your life of Pa of in Freshford mm. and uh, I went up and uh, <coughs> you were there in that night yeah. and I, about 15 Tipperary players were there mm. you know what I mean mm. it was quite amazing and I, I spoke on behalf of the 67 team, like, you know, and <laughs> I was just saying, and I, I said about the, the myth of this Hell's Kitchen came <laughs> up as well the same night. And the Rattler Burden was over there and, and mm. Theo English was he, there and mm-hmm. Jimmy Dyle. They were, mm. like, you know, there was yeah. a, a lovely affinity. Yeah. That's, that's the beauty of yeah. it. Well, so well, actually, I, I could concur with that because uh, probably my best friends outside Kilkenny and Harding were the, those tip lads, you know. I mean, I, I would say uh, I was very friendly after with the, with the Doyle family, John Doyle, and I. Yeah. I think I, other than the family, I was the last person in to see him before he died. You know. Yes. yes, uh, yes. And they wanted me to go in, to, you know, mm-hmm. to talk to him. You know, but like there was, despite the, the, yeah. the uh, there was a great bond between yeah. the two. There was a, a oh, fair right. respect. It's all left yeah. on the field. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember the you know some of them came in to see me now in the hospital like after the mm. yeah and I was who was Larry Kiley was yeah. there, wasn't he yeah, he was Larry, a yeah. quite man he was in an equestrian kind of a lad like in, in the, the army. army he was yeah. an army man but like um, I got a lot of good vibes from the, mm. uh, the Tipperary people mm. like you know mm. Mm. and even, even in the game actually itself as, as there was as much wild pulling and that and mm. physical contact and hits mm. For a second, you still see someone tapping them in the back or just giving oh, a, yeah. a flick at a hurl, like, yeah. oh, look, yeah. that's all right, whatever, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. go on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which yeah. was great to see as well, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. So it wasn't, it's, it's not bitter at all. No, it's, it's just, no, no. It's, it's good manly hurling, yeah. I suppose, and there's yeah. great respect there, and that's mm. the, the beauty of it. And it's still there today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2011, yeah. I learned with yeah. ourselves yeah. and them there. And Tipperary was all held for letter as well. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And we gave off the ball stuff too, and that's, look, James Murphy from Tuller actually wrote a poem, A Mighty Man. I met a man the other night, he came from Turlestown. He was speaking of tip hurlers and scars of great renown. Kilkenny were too soft, he said, in many a hard fought game. But they had a man, a mighty man, and I'll give to you his name. Pa Dillon from St. Langton's. He was mighty on the square. The forwards they were nervous to encroach that circle there. 
You're right, I said. He was some man. Of tip he had no fear. Go back to 67 and our hurling game that year. T'was Crow Park in September that we met Steel with Steel and Pad in and from St. Lantern's was the scar that day I feel. He caught the ball from out the sky. He struck along the ground and tiptoed through Tipperary men with a surging leap and bound. Right well Tipperary gave their all in their quest for Ireland's glory but they fell before Pad Dillon's men and that's the final story. So lovely that's little, actually uh, lovely, yeah. lovely I've never heard that yeah. before, yeah. You may get that and, and, uh, I'll have to get and it, yeah. stick it up on the, old, on the wall. Jeez, it'd be lovely and, to and frame, frame that, actually. Yeah? Yeah, really, really, really nice. nice. Um, really nice poem now. And, uh, it's, a, it's a great trip to Pat, obviously, and to the Kilkenny team, but um, again, it shows how mighty he was. Um, we are talking earlier, Jillian, that you obviously you weren't born at the time Pat was playing for Intercounty, but you would have maybe came across videos or heard tales. Um, you know, what did you know about your dad, I suppose, or what did you hear? Yeah, sure, I suppose... Uh, just uh, he was a very ordinary man at home to us and it was the biggest thing that I used to find when people used to talk about him in our in our when I was there was how tough he was and like we were like oh, he's not like that at all you know what I mean you, he didn't portray that at all at off home the field, yeah off the yeah. field exactly a lot of people felt that when they met him in person it wasn't the same person at all they were couldn't believe it that this yeah. guy he was so quite spoken and easy going and uh, he had a great sense of humor you know he was actually very witty and uh, and then he was like a possessed person then out in the field he was completely different and people couldn't get over that that change in him yeah. you know they couldn't that's that was the biggest thing I used to find younger in my younger years about that you know yeah, hard to actually believe and uh, the, the tales and, and the stories of impossible and of out of, yeah out of all the All Irelands it's always that tip one they always come back to that one you know yeah. he was great in these matches but that tip 1967 I suppose it stands in everybody's mind because of the 45 year gap and. They kind of had this hoodoo over them, you know. Mm, exactly, that was yeah. always the story that was going around, you know. And even though they were winning all Ireland's um, and they were getting to all Ireland's, but just that tip thing was really, um, it's like a torn, I suppose, a torn in their sides or a torn in their back that they couldn't get out. But um, Yeah, exactly. And I suppose like that, when that happens, then you nearly start believing it yourself. Mm. It's like that. It's the Mayo footballers, you know, getting that curse over them. It's nearly like that these tip guys nearly had this, yeah, this a, thing a over them yeah it's a like, you know, yeah, yeah exactly the, the only plus for, for the any time they were actually winning so they knew they could do they could win all Ireland's but obviously the tip thing was that was definitely there yeah. um did you see that six seven all Ireland bench chance yeah i did yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's, um, it's on youtube so uh, yeah i got to see it there. yeah and it was funny you know he was always saying about oh these hamstrings and these injuries you know they were, they were never there in my day he'd say you know i never heard of a hamstring you know so you never ran too far <laughs> and i said you never run that fast either looking at the level of fitness now and back then yeah. he was like oh no but still now and he used to say usher i suppose everybody back then was probably a farmer and they were at a fitness level physically active yeah, yeah anyway basis, every day yeah. f- all hours whereas now I suppose people are sitting in an office and yeah, it's driving a lot more yeah. yeah and I suppose the stresses as well mm. like back then well not saying nobody was stressed but it seemed a lot easier lifestyle back then you know That's, exactly yeah. Yeah. and any any kind of stuff about Pan in terms of where he may obviously at club level you would have maybe saw maybe a small bit or you know going to games and that where would he keep his hurls maybe or would he what kind of hurls had he or any kind of things like that maybe his gear bag or any kind of stuff yeah um i suppose not really now the the helmet back then there was no such thing as helmets you know but uh he did wear a helmet seemingly for one year <laughs> well you all you threw it off after that then and I remember Mam telling us a story about a club game. He he got a slap, seemingly. He had to get a few stitches. When it's hospital, got a few stitches. And uh, 
the nurse was outside the curtain and she was saying, what age, uh, not to him now, but to whoever, the other nurse, I suppose, what age is this Egypt now? Imagine coming in with her belt at this stage of his life. You think he'd give it up? <laughs> and he was in behind the curtain and he could hear. He said, oh, here I may hang up my boots after this. Everyone else seems to think I should anyway, you know. But like he played for a long time with the club and enjoyed every minute of it. He, he loved it and always spoke about the great memories and especially the great friends. And even at his funeral, the amount of people, like obviously we knew loads of people, but the amount of people that he had met before, say I was born or before that, yeah. and the stories and the amount of people he helped and hurling, you know, the whole the whole crowd, I suppose, let it be club level or county, yeah. he was, he seemed to be very popular anyway. Oh, well respected. Yeah, you know. I suppose, you know. Um, do you ever see a few pictures um, of uh, of Pa? Um, yeah. There's a few ones in action. There is a snapshot. Very hard, to, very hard to know what's going on. But there's some yeah. good ones. There's never any sign of a slitter. Now, but no. there's, there's always a <laughs> there's always a hurl in the air. There's a hurl in the air or something. Pointing maybe in the wrong direction anyway. Maybe just scaring someone. I think more yeah, than that. You know, yeah, it's yeah, keeping yeah. away from the goal, protecting Ali. Yeah, Welsh and I suppose maybe. it was different times back then. I suppose oh, you could yeah. you could get in on top of the goalie, and that was. That's what he used to always say. That was his job to keep them away from the goalie. You know what I mean? To protect the goalie, I suppose. Uh, and I suppose he wouldn't get away with a third of the stuff he was doing now. You know. But the CCC would have you, so they would. Yeah, yeah. they would. They would. They would. Um, but um, I suppose that that's what everyone everyone keeps coming back to. God, he was just so tough. And he used to saying, you know, um, if there was somebody outside or whatever, I'd say Tipperary Forest. Oh, let him into me. Let him into me. <laughs> And the minute the lads will be the two corners say fan and the two corner backs be in the horrors, you know, and the tip boys be trying to run the opposite direction nearly, you know. Yeah. And that, that bit of fear is is definitely something that uh, resonates with players, like you know, I'm oh, not going to go in that far, maybe I might shoot out further, maybe. So just in case, you know, yeah. it's exactly that. I think it's admiration that people have from I well I have anyway, yeah, that and they're the full backs you want. You think of full backs, you think of the likes of Pa, you think of the Noel Hickey, Pat O'Neill's, you know, in other counties, Brian Lowen, yeah. uh, The Rock, I suppose, from Cork, he was, he was on the field there. Yes. Uh, recently enough mm-hmm. there for, for the Cork there, coming out meeting with Dan Shanahan there, but uh, yes. still, still in the mix of it. But uh, but now the full back actually seems to be, that, that position seems to be changing. That, that um, style of player seems to be nearly... You know, it's going away. Unfortunately, you know, fullbacks now maybe are not even fullbacks anymore. There's there's two inside now maybe, and there's a sweeper mm-hmm. system, and and the fullback now nearly is is a small fella, fast and maybe good in the air. Like so, yeah, yeah. Any, any opinions on that? Or? Yeah, I suppose now, as you say, the game has evolved so much now. It's completely changed from that. It was all as you say, one on one, and your priority was to meet to beat your man, I suppose, and mm-hmm. you were probably going to be on that guy for maybe half an hour, and then a different guy. Now you're interchanging. You could be on seven or eight different guys in a half an hour. They're they're moving. The forwards are moving. But um, I I don't know which when at what stage which would be harder to play because mm. the game has gone so fast and so 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 different now. Yeah. It's it's yeah, different. Uh, different again. It's even the different characters of the players now. As they're smaller, maybe faster and. And that's what they're looking for maybe now. The speed is coming to it massively in possession. We, we spoke yeah. about this a lot too. You were centre-back for a long, long period. Yeah, you? I was centre-back for a long time. And then club, then I ended up back, back full-back then. And, oh, Probably God. getting older, getting slower oh, maybe. Yeah, well, that's it too. Your, your brain is telling you you should be over there like three seconds ago. Your legs were like, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's not going to happen. You're probably so, hoping for high balls coming in. Yeah, nice, like uh, it's a high-slow ones. <laughs> high-slow <laughs> yeah. 
the, the, the rivalry between Tipperary and Kilkenny obviously it's still there it's great tradition I suppose that we've always had and it's, it hasn't gone away everyone loves that Kilkenny and Tipperary game because normally they're, they're quite good they're fast yeah. you know a lot of skill a lot of fire in the games too Europe obviously close enough to the border um, obviously Ireland for it would be closer um, but would you have found a lot of that rivalry growing up and that and maybe and how strong it was um, not really I suppose no, I couldn't really say that it okay. really seeped into Freshwood really as such. I suppose it was more earning for yeah. a bit further up. It was just, the the games were just so fun. There was such rivalry there that there was, they just couldn't wait to play each other. Yeah. It was like as if they, was, they were possessed, as you say. They were just, they were crazy people <laughs> to try and win, like, you yeah. know. And, and even now, even to this day, I suppose, you'd always... You'd rather be beaten by anybody else other than Tip. tip yeah. You know, if you're going to lose, just yeah. don't lose the Tip if you can. You know, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. Actually, in that game, in the 67, I think maybe it was 10 minutes into the second half, um, one of Tipperary forwards was going through with the ball. Could be Donny, Donny Nealon, was Nolan? Or it was could it have been Donny, maybe, yeah, coming yeah. in, and he was going to, things on hand to try that. and flick the ball over past yes. head yes. into the corner forward, and it could have been Doyle who was going to be latching onto it, and there was no one else, obviously, he was kind of running for a goal, but Pa again talk about his, his his ferociousness and that maybe and how tough he was but again was able to read that well and got a vital um, a vital tap on, on that ball or a vital interception which again was there was two or three things definitely in the second half I found that was vital in the game to stop that kind of run off to Brary because they were winning a nice bit of ball around midfield maybe half back lane and they were they were putting a lot of pressure on our backs but, uh, but that day definitely the six backs um, stood up massively um, and yeah. you know, kept the Tipperary forwards at bay and I think there's only maybe a point scored in the second half that's I think, right yeah, I, think, yeah, I think you're right there because it's if anyone ever speaks about that Ireland they all say oh do you, do you remember that day Pat do you remember the day you put your hurl up and you stopped that goal and we're like <laughs> do you know and it, he, used to be, he used to love I suppose when people had mentioned it do yeah. you know what I mean like, it was a nice be, piece of skill like, and read it, read it lovely yeah um, yeah yeah no he was delighted with himself as you said because it probably looked like there was goal written all over yeah. it really you know it was a vital part of the game yeah, like, he could have yeah. went out and carved your man open but yeah. instead said headless ground and, 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 and read, the and read it yeah, um, yeah. and I suppose that's what wins matches you know that's that's the nice thing about it and, yeah. and if you had to miss that you know you could be the worst full back ever that's that's yeah. and that's people's the margins yeah, yeah right. that's the margins exactly Pa Dillon got to go to pasture he was he was a legend altogether mm-hmm. and and you know the amount of <laughs> stories if you like um, you know myself and my father had again the being goalkeeper and full back they would have had a special kind of relationship so yeah and in those days as people you know older people would know there was no such thing as as the ball going into the goalkeeper and he catching the ball and nobody going near him (laughs) (laughs) you were no wonder you'd have Rupert Harder in your shoulders (laughs) in your hand because you were were a fair game like for everybody Mm -hmm. then that team itself was was a great great team they had had great players all over the field but I suppose look Ted Carroll was Ted was right full back and he was I knew Ted very well later in life anyway and his sons played with Dixborough and stuff like that so you know he was a horror of the year uh, one of those years as well and sure Jim Tracy obviously was the captain and Seamus Clear was unbelievable wing back very stylish now centre back of course was Pat Henderson and sure they they made that position famous for a number of years with Gerald coming after him and mm-hmm. both very similar types of players really strong really aggressive brilliant hands and you know great players and then the other wing back Martin Coogan was as stylish as I'd ever come across many people would say he was one of the best wing backs of, of, of that time mm-hmm. uh, he was very very good but a player I particularly liked was Paddy Moran in the middle of the field Paddy was left handed and he was 
so skillful as well and uh, he actually got a goal in that match from a long way out but but he he was a brilliant brilliant player and uh, I, you know, I, I, I was telling Eddie Kern about he's, uh, he got a lucky goal there and the, yeah. the, the car, that Moran got a lucky goal yeah. in the first few minutes and they were like oh hold on here now yeah. uh, Moran wouldn't have said that was a lucky goal now that was no it. he wouldn't he, <laughs> he wouldn't was, he was dipping that one in there he was a great player he would have been a real favourite of mine at that time and you know, John Tien then on that day was was probably man of the match. To, yeah. You know, he was a big strong player. For, well, yeah, yeah, he was unbelievable now that day, and uh, they were great players, and they had great forwards then as well. The Claus Dunn has passed on now as well, but po- another stylish player, and sure you know Eddie Carroll, Tom Welch, all those fellas. They were and they, they were, were great. D- they were all under twenty three um, in at terms of time. age at that time. Yeah. so it was a really young. Uncle Kenny forwards team going into I think maybe there's eight maybe players on that Tipperary team that were over t- 30 at the yeah. time so and that rivalry was was I remember years later in Mount Juliet there was a golf competition on the Irish Open or something and Babs Keaton was at it and we do, my father himself went down to it and we were just getting out of the car and they went into another and they actually spoke about that rivalry but that, that was massive at the time yeah. you know but the funny not the funny part of that but the the amazing part of that story is, uh, unfortunately, my dad died early in '96, and the amount of Tipperary players that were there at, at that funeral over this couple of days was incredible. You know, any of them that were alive were there, and so you know, it just goes to show you when it's over, it's over, and you know, people got on with stuff or whatever. Yeah. But and like, like back then again, you wouldn't have had any college ranting, so even kind of bumping into these lads, you wouldn't have bumped into uh, bumped into them a whole lot. No. So that was a huge credit like you know you yeah. wouldn't have might have seen him after. But that's what, and, and I'm, along with what the rivalry you, know, you hear stories about yeah. the rivalry and you know some of them weren't too far off the mark either there was a savage rivalry there yeah. and it wasn't always the friendliest there was you know you know yourself there was an incident in the league final the following year where my dad and John Fannigan and he's unfortunately he died very young as well both of them got suspended for six months that was a fierce controversial thing mm-hmm. but apart from that that's where it was going to you know you'd have report, I'd have scrapbooks at home and you'd read reports on, on that particular match and one of the reports was that the rivalry is now toxic and yeah. it was that type you know it was really tough uh, Ollie he played on till about 72 or so would that be yeah right? that's dead on yeah what happened obviously he played in 67 and then won another one in 69 and then in 71 he played uh, against Tip and I suppose he, he'd say himself um, he played 10 days after having an appendix removed and probably shouldn't have done it and it didn't go that well so then in 72 he lost his place to Noel but he was a sub in 72 and then he, he finished up after that then um, tell me a bit about growing up um, in, in town I suppose and having a dad like Ollie Welch did you realise I suppose he had a big legacy yeah we had we, there was three of us in it at home uh, myself Billy Ollie and I suppose uh, you would you would have been aware very early on that there was if you like a star in, in the fact that you'd know by going to matches and being with, with my father that, that you know he, he was kind of very highly thought of so I suppose when you ask about a legacy or whatever, it, it worked three different ways. Um, I suppose myself, I, I we both had an interest in hurling soccer and the boys took the route of soccer and they'll both tell you to this day that a lot of that was because of the pressure of having, I suppose, not live up to, but even having to, Billy tells a story of, of, of him playing one night and getting abused but someone abusing my father from behind the goal and he just he left it there after that yeah. and no at times I probably do wonder myself how my parents and my sisters uh, in particular I suppose you know and, and and extended family obviously our first cousins how they actually do deal with it in the crowds you know because yeah. a few times even this year in the league I would have been uh, up in the stand um, due to injury and that but uh, 
you know, I'd, I'd have a hood up maybe and just just sitting down watching a game. But you'd hear people giving out about this player and that player. Yeah, and it's it's tough to hear. So it is. No, it is. It is like I mean, look at we all have it. I mean, yeah. it's 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 there. And I'm looking enough in the last ten or fifteen years. I've been doing the radio, and I'm away from all that. But uh, like, it, it isn't nice it to hear it. Like, raw you know, I can be very raw. And look at. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. That's what they're telling me. Anyway, that's what they used to tell me when I was playing. I used to get tick at times as well. But you know, they all say we're entitled to their opinion. We're playing our money to go into the match. But at the end of the day, like it's it's thirty lads or whatever amount of lads play doing their best for whoever, whether it be county or club, and uh, some of it can be way overboard. Arthritis. He, yeah. Um, he was was a rheumatoid arthritis. You want me it was. Him? Yeah, it was. It? And it hit him. He was definitely in his late forties when he got it first. Now it was okay. absolutely dreadful thing. Um, I suppose. Fingers and, it, and that, was yeah, maybe, fingers yeah. and shoulders. And you know, in fairness to him, you'd never know because he wasn't the type to complain at all. You wouldn't. You wouldn't really know. At that time, now you must remember he managed the Kenny Senior team as That's well. Right, yeah. And there was even the other occasion in a league match where he was so bad he just couldn't go. And you can imagine that, like that's yeah. how bad it would be. But he did manage it very successfully as regards, you know, he he managed the team. But um, it was, to me, it was a disease that definitely had a, a huge bearing in in the shortening of his life because he was on a lot of drugs for it. Oh, and um, yeah. yeah, he was a lot of medication and stuff. And um, it was it was really savage. It's at its worst. I know if people are listening to this and they suffer from it, they probably know exactly. Yeah. It's easy for me to say, like, thank God, don't suffer from it. But he was absolutely when he got it really bad. It was bad. Like there was you were just. Bedridden with it, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't move. Ollie Welsh, I think he just died the Easter after my father, and um, they're almost lying side by side in Kieran Cemetery. There's one grave between both of them. My father died in 1995; he was only 56, and after that, the medals that he won would have been uh, framed. But there were always trophies and medals everywhere, um, and jerseys on the washing line, hurls and boots in the back kitchen. Um, but you were always known as Ted Carroll's daughter. Now, it was probably more of a thing for my brothers because they would have been better at the sport than I was, more committed to the sport and probably more interested in the sport than I was. I played a bit of camogie. I was never very good at it. Um, But you were always known as his daughter. And what's nice now is um, I work on a farming programme on Ear to the Ground and he would have been very involved in farming as well with his job with ACOT as an agricultural advisor. And still now you'll be somewhere, any county in Ireland, and hurling comes up in conversation when they find out I'm from Kilkenny we talk about hurling and you'll still meet people who have very fond memories of him or would who, who would have known him as a hurler or followed him as a hurler and that's always nice so I would still now many years later kind of my main claim to fame in a lot of places would still be to be his daughter in 1967 on the first Sunday in September my mother was very close to having her first baby Mam and Dad were living in Louth at the time. Daddy worked for ACOT, which was the precursor to Chagask. He was an agricultural mm-hmm. advisor. So he worked in Louth and she was booked into Hollis Street Hospital to have her first child. So under medical advice, she was told not to go to the match, which was probably a wise decision to make because you know how heated all Ireland finals can get. So she didn't go to the match. And that would have been probably one of the very few matches that my father played in that she missed. And uh, two days later, then on the Tuesday after the All-Ireland final, my eldest brother, Pat, was born. Off the pitch, he was very, um, I suppose, kind of mild mannered, if you know what I mean. He would have been quite a quiet man. He uh, worked very hard for the GAA. He wouldn't have been showy in any way. But um, by all accounts on the pitch, he would have been a tough enough person to account. But I'm sure most of the team in 1967 were. I mean, my main memory of him would have been his work with the county board throughout my childhood, 
because his county career was over when I was born, he would have stayed hurling for Liz Downey. So um, I remember the blue and white jerseys hanging on the washing line. And then when he became county secretary after the late Paddy Grace, that was nearly a bigger part of my childhood. One of the um, strongest memories I have is people on the, at the door constantly looking for tickets. And God forbid you'd be in the house by yourself. And regularly I was in the house by myself. I used to be left at home often to mind my granny. And people would knock at the door looking for tickets. And uh, honestly, I'm not lying, some of the abuse you'd get was shocking from people looking for tickets. And often the people who went most rarely were the people who were most demanding for tickets and more abusive when they didn't get them. And there were times, I'm not uh, embarrassed to say, where I just lay down on the floor, hid and refused to answer the door. And the, there were queues outside the door, people looking for tickets. Um, so, and if I found it bad, I can't imagine how my father coped with it or my mother. But as regards that team in 1967, it played a very big part in his life after that. The team in the late 60s and early 70s, there were very strong friendships forged. So he would have stayed very close to most of that team. And even my mother to this day, she would meet regularly with the, she calls it, she's gone out with the hurling women. So they would meet for lunch every six weeks or so. And it would be herself, Mary Henderson, Kay Kerr, Winnie Coogan and Olive Welsh. And they're still incredibly close from the connections they made in the 1960s. And that was Helen Carroll there, daughter of Ted Carroll. Ned, you had a few players on that 67 team from Moncoyne. Two guys playing from our own club. Jim Lynch and... Clawston. Clawston, sorry, I didn't realize. Unfortunately, Clawston has gone to God. Uh, far too early, physical fiddle. Mm-hmm. Cancer saw him out, it was unfortunate. Great forward, great player for us. Yeah, and um, Klaus was um, watching the game itself now a real ideal half forward went on a freeze near the end when unfortunately yeah. Tom and Eddie yeah, were, were, were yeah, taken yeah. off due to injuries yeah. um, but it looked like that athletic ability and, yeah. and, and from what I gather cl- at club level he was yeah I was outstanding he was outstanding yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he could play any sport he was good at all sports but um, Jim Lynch played in defence for us on the team that won the county championship he was centre back he was also on, on, on the 1959 minor team uh, with Kilkenny uh, well he was a sub on the final for the final he played in one of the matches but Lynch was about 6 foot 3 and he had the biggest pair of hands I've ever seen <laughs> and like the reason he was playing full forward was that was called Hell's Kitchen the sobriety full back line was mm-hmm. Hell's Kitchen and he was put in there to do a job and all I say is he did that job mm. he met fire with fire and he, and he didn't seem out of place looking, well, for, me, for me looking at the game for the first time now and again I wouldn't have known any players he didn't really look out of place looked like he was yeah, oh, a big athletic man a, a natural forward but he looked oh know. no no but he, he was, was a big he was a big athletic man yeah. uh, lived for the game still lives for the game to be fair to him he uh, played full back for Kilkenny in 1966 and then he, and Dylan was Pat Dylan was full forward and then they reversed it for oh, that's for, for, for 67. 67 yeah okay I didn't realise he then went back full yeah, back yeah yeah, yeah. so, so uh, he so was captain of 66 at full back so then he went he was full forward but as I said you know the two full back line they had uh, uh, John Doyle, Kieran Carey, and, and Noel O'Gorman, I think. Yeah. yeah, they had a fair reputation. Yeah, yeah well, it was when they had John Doyle, Mick Maher, and Kieran Carey, they really had it. But like, they were still disregarded. You just don't win there. Yeah. But Lynch wouldn't take any notice of that. He'd be. But then he had the physique to, 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 to do it. Yeah, and he had some good men around him too. To yeah. yeah, oh yeah. And that, that was his job, like to hold the ball in there and spray it around then mm-hmm. and let whoever like pick up the scores. It didn't matter. He wasn't well and good if he scored, and he did from time to time. But that wasn't his primary role. His primary role was to keep the ball in there Hold and, up, and, and like, yeah. let fellas know that he was around which he did 
Mm. They all had their own jobs oh, that yeah, day from yeah, what yeah. I gather from Well, you had Eddie Caron, you had Tom Welsh, you had Klaus Dunn. These were the stylists outside, you know. Yeah. Jim Bennett was there as well, and, and, and uh, Mark Brennan, yeah. I think it was uh, Blanchfield and... Dick uh, came on, yeah. And Kinsler came on. John Kinsler of KCLR fame came on. <laughs> they played their part as well. Um, and just about the clubs, I suppose, there's a nice variety of clubs there. You have Bennett's Bridge, Thomastown, St. Martin's, Castlecomer, Munkine, Hornestee, Fiends, Liz Downey, so... Uh, they, they, they were kind of the top clubs at the time. At the time, you yeah. know, Benesbridge were the top club. Munkine had contested two county finals, sixty-five and sixty-six. Won sixty-five, lost sixty-six. Thomastown had been in semi-finals. Freshford, St. Lactons had won the championship and been in fi- semi-finals and finals. Listowney had been there or thereabouts, you know. So the Roar won in sixty-eight. So yeah. those teams were they, the, the top were, teams. They were, yeah. they were the top teams at the, at the time, and uh, Fenians were just coming. These things go in cycles, obviously, as we well know. Like, so well, you've some cycle down in Bally Hill if you can tell us this. <laughs> not sure now, it's going to be coming to an end <laughs> soon, soon enough. Um, and all stars that year as well. It's so something nice to mention too of 67 dollar final. We'd, we'd ate him, huge representation from Frankie Kenny, obviously. Who had we? We had Ollie, Ollie was the holder of the year, Ollie's holder of the year, yeah. Texaco yeah. that year as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Pat Henderson, obviously, they slipped Pat back in the corner back, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Pat Dillon was, yeah. was full, full back. Jim Tracy, the other yeah, cornerback. He was captain, yeah. Jim was a sub in 63. His brother Martin was cornerback in 63. And God be good to Martin now. And um, to my recollection, Jim won six All Ireland medals at, at cornerback. cornerback. And he actually, it was the only one in the bat in the tournament game that he did his Achilles. That finished him, more or less, as a hurler. But uh, of course, he goes to every game, Kilkenny. Plays right up to the present day. Okay. Jeff and his wife Mary will find him in Galway and find him in Cork and wherever the game is on, Jim will be there. That's great. But Jim gave great service to Brennan's Bridge and great service to Kilkenny and he was an outstanding cornerback. Uh, if there was a guy to be stopped, he's the man to Jim would just put, tie him up, yeah. Him up Very few scores got up at Jim mm-hmm. Tracy. Yeah. That's a fair one for Brennan's Bridge and he had another nice kind of a stylish hurler was uh, Seamus Clear who got half back and yeah. uh, he's, uh, he was hurler of the year in uh, 63 63 yeah Seamus Clear was a stylist yeah actual fact I reckon Kilkenny made a huge mistake in the 1964 final they played him right half the forward forwards, is it? Yeah. and uh, it wasn't his position but he, he, was, he, was, he was absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. he played centre back for, for Venice Bridge but he was played wing back for, for Kilkenny for Kilkenny striker of the ball you know yeah. beautiful my gosh, she had Pat Henderson centre back. Again, mighty man. Again, Not too many lads to take on Pat Henderson in time. Oh, the spine of the team was big, strong fellas there, and they like with Pat obviously full back and, and um, Henderson centre back. Well, Pat Henderson team. on and off the field has made an extraordinary contribution to Kilkenny. Like he, he was he won five All Irelands. He he was the leader. People looked mm-hmm. to him. Players looked to him. You know, in seventy four, I can recall against them. I say he won the match nearly on his own. He was. Brilliant. But mm. since then, then he went on. He was managing the Kilkenny team to win the league in All Ireland in '82 and '83. And when we started the squads here, he was first he, man. He's, he's still involved, involved as well. Yeah. And uh, it's him around a bit still. Yeah. He's hugely involved here in the management committee. He does tremendous work uh, with our finances, all for voluntary, mm. and for all of our development here. Mm. He's been the guiding light behind it all and done more as well. Like he's. It's a huge, huge part of the integrity of the whole. Fantastic contribution to Kilkenny, yeah. That's really good to hear. And we would, I obviously would see Pat, our Pat going around. And, yeah. But again, you, you wouldn't have, for me, just seen the game. Now, now I've actually seen what he did. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, you, you yeah, hear the yeah, stories yeah, he tells, yeah, but yeah, yeah, a, a mighty yeah, man centre back yeah, as well. And yeah. What you want to centre backs is catching. He won a minor All Ireland medal as well. And, and you see, there was no under 21. Okay. Up, I think, till about 65 or 66. I think Wexford won the first one against Tipperary here in Nolan Park, actually. 
can't recall the year now, but in the mid 60s. Mm-hmm. So none of these guys had a chance to come in the 21. It's either minor and then senior, senior. or nowhere. So. Martin Cogan then was, was wing back from Castle Comer, yeah, a stylist. Uh, and then you t- they brought Teen, and Teen was. Uh, John Teen, yeah. Don't think he was a regular such, was he midfield? But that John Teen was heard uh, by St. Lactons. Lactons man as well. Centre field. Uh, great uh, impact as well. Teen and Mick Roach, who was one of the great, great midfielders, uh, only died this year. And, uh, Fair play to T and he took care of him on the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah next thing, like big yeah. strong lad as well. And oh, big man, yeah. Gone a lot of good yeah, ball. Good hurl, good overhead man, and good on the ground, yeah. good anyway. You know, good physical player, good hurler. Do you miss? Do you miss Lovely. seeing that overhead kind of pulling on that hurl? Yeah. Yeah, but she's fed out a long, long time now. You know, yeah. there was fellas like John Sutton in the '57 team and others, but I suppose I'd have to say I think the game is better now. There's more teamwork in it, and there's less chance. P- p- players are not prepared to give away the ball or hit the ball, and hope uh, yeah, they're trying to place it now and, and keep possession. Really, are trying to put it into position where their player can run onto it. Mm-hmm. You know, that time it was man for man. We'll drive it down to the forwards, up to them to. That's good. They've out, but now they're trying to place it all the time. So here with, with Jim Tracy, the, the captain of the Kenny in 1967. Um, what age were you, if you want me asking at that time, can you remember, in 67? Were you probably... 24. 24, 24 so quite yeah. young still. Young, yeah. Um, and would you have felt a bit more pressure maybe that year or, or leading into the, to the Ireland final playing to Boreri? Uh, not really, because we were after playing them in a good lot of league matches. And quite the Boreri were a strong team and they were physically strong as well, you know. Mm. And so we had really nothing to lose going up in those... They were the kingpins at the time, you know, Tipperary. So, and the day we hurdled well and we got we got the great result in the end. And so, just the sad thing about it that day, we had a few injuries and that was, that's a, what that was a bit of a damper. And the day, like, but yeah. it was great excitement as well. Right. And I believe you're a good man to, good lad in the forwards, push, push Jim, but Jim Tracy on him and he'll... Um, ah, well, sure, we had our moment. <laughs> you surely had. <laughs> I've heard that now from a few people now that you're a good man to... You may not have, you know... Took over the whole game, but you you'd, no, you'd but stop you, it. You, you did your bit, and you that, that's the cornerback job. Passed it yeah. out here yeah. and outside Martin Coogan or whoever on the half back line, Jamie Clear or Pat Henderson. Do your job well, basically. That's, it, yeah. and that's yeah. key. And you had on the other side, you had Ted Carroll, and poor, poor Ted has passed away since that's he was true, another yeah. mighty was man again. Mighty and, man, and, and I believe Father Timear had a I had a big influence, influence. on him that time. You know, yeah. he was brilliant, and he kept everyone calm, and he went to bed everyone individually and told them what their job was and what they had to do. You know, and he was. He was brilliant at the time, and sure, McLennigan was our trainer then at the time as well, so he was brilliant, so to get his feet. Good stuff, yeah, I can see that, yeah. uh, we're, we're in Jim's house here obviously, I can see there's a whole um, platform here of, of medals, yeah, and there's, yeah. there's about 20 plus, I'd say, between club it's and county. 50 something, 50, yeah. 50, 50, 50 something, medals, yeah. my God, above. And just a bit about Ben's Bridge, obviously, again, you were massively um, influential in oh, Kilkenny's sure. success. You, you yeah. obviously a number of players on the, oh, the Kilkenny sure. team. We, we always had good representation on the Kilkenny team. When we were growing up in the early 50s, like, and we had Johnny McGovern and Dick Harland and all these players playing with Kilkenny and Mickey Kelly and Dan Kennedy. And Mickey Kelly and Dan Kennedy captained the team as well in their respective years and Jamie Clear captain one year and... Skin captain another year, so yeah, it's a huge so tradition. In, in, in we came into a good team at the time with Ben Street had a great team, and we used to go around with the club down to play tournaments in Cork and different parts of the country. We were kind of known all over the country at that time, you know, at a good club team, and so yeah, you're, you're at a great time. So, joined here today with, with John Kinsley in, in Jim Tracy's house. Um, how many years were we on the panel? I was on the panel from about 67 until 73. I uh, that time, there were three or four that speaking in the team, weren't there? One for it, there were three or four that oh, speaking in the was, team. Yeah. I was a sub for the, the first round against Dublin. 
mm. and then the Leinster final against Wexford. Then we lost all till now. It was up on the 18th of August. <laughs> and there was a trial game, Bears Bridge hurled the rest of the county, the rest of the county yeah, yeah. On, the tw- on the 20th. And it felt fairly well. Obviously, you're delighted to be back on the panel then for, for the final. Oh, the, over the moon, yeah. Over the moon, yeah, without doubt. Uh, actually, got on the day was, was brilliant as well, that kind of way. And what age were you? Um, 19. 19 is all, sure. No wonder you're up in Salt Hill and young lad is all. You're <laughs> you had other things on your mind. Uh, uh, I should be telling you this, I said, Brent, 20th birthday on the day that I earned. And we were always playing the forwards uh, and midfield, I suppose, is it? I started off in the bridge with half back. Half back. And then I ended up down the, the short of forwards. I went to midfield for a while, then down to forwards. Ended up going back to midfield. And then the midfield is half back. Half back. And did you play minor for Kilkenny the year previous? Two years minor, when number one anthem. I was captain of the Kilkenny on the 21 team that got to the final against Cork in John Garvin, and that was played in 68, because that, that time, on 21 championship was kind of left, back, back okay. later on in the year. Okay, at, at county level, so the 21s actually came in around that time then, didn't it? It did, it did, yeah. Okay. Two senior. Yeah, we, we, we won the first on the 21 championship, the bridge. So on the, on the panel we had, obviously with Jim, cornerback, we had Seamus, clear, halfback. Penny Morton. Jim Bennett, yeah, Jim, Jim was, Jim obviously, was Jim has passed away. Jim was always a corner forward, was he a natural corner forward or? Would have been, he played centre forward for the bridge, you know, so. Kind of forward as well. Yeah, and, um, very fit man, very fit, very, very, very fit man. And I think Jim, he, I think he got one or two bad belts in that second half oh, yeah, as well, yeah, there yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I see the doctor running in. The doctor was a busy man that day, so he was. Well, look at the match, looking back at it years later, the pudding was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Tom Edge got holding Rock Cassie Dig one day when the referee was having side when he just gave a free. Brennan, corner forward here, Castle Corner man. Would you have, um, again, he was. Okay, he, he got a bad injury in, in America, didn't he? Yes. And that kind of put a stop to him then, he playing. Broke his leg, yeah. It was set wrong, wasn't it? Yeah. And was that, was that maybe one of the games that you would have played, maybe? I don't know, you, you would have won the All Ireland and you go on the holiday, maybe it would have happened out there, or was that just another time when he went out himself? Well, yeah, was it? So there it happened in my time, yeah. We played we the World Cup final, I think, you know. Which? The World Cup final. The World Cup final. Explain this World Cup final to me now. What's this exactly? New York. So who would have played that? Kilkenny would have played... New York. New York, okay. Just the match, no? Would they? Would they have been physically a bit more wilder than... Oh, you're mad. How I, I know John Purcell who works or who runs the KCLR and he said to me a while back about maybe doing it and I said look sure I'll have some off during the summers and that so uh, Ideal man for the job I wouldn't say ideal no no but, uh, but I'm enjoying it actually it's great because I'm meeting the likes of yourselves and, uh, and learning about the, the whole those years and, and respecting it more maybe like you know In this programme we got to know some of the hurlers who played on the 1967 hurling team Join me next week for an analysis of the match on the 3rd of September 1967 I'm Michael Fenley. Thank you to all the guests who contributed and thank you for listening. September 3rd, 1967, the black and amber tide turns. Presented by Michael Fenley. Produced by Monica Hayes, Linda Mooney and Sue Nunn. September 3rd, 1967, the black and amber tide turns was made with the support of the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with a television licence fee and is sponsored by Castlecomer Credit Union. Celebrating 50 years of dedicated service to our members since 1967.